Hello and welcome to the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast. I'm your host, Diane Bondi, and I've created this podcast because I want people to start thinking about well-being as an accessible part of their everyday life. I think we get convoluted in the idea of wellness versus well-being. Wellness has become highly commercialized and co-opted to mean that you have to go out and get a manicure or a pedicure or take a vacation or go on retreat. And if you can afford to do those things, I say power to you. Go on and get your wellness on. But for those of us who need more conventional ways of taking care of our well-being, this is the podcast to help you step into the wholeness of yourself through your own personalized experience of well-being, which might be joyful, mindful movement or eating your favorite foods or having a kiki with one of your best friends. This is about taking your well-being into your own hands. And today, Today I want to welcome to the podcast Dr. Lisa Folden. Dr. Lisa Folden is a physiotherapist that resides in the Charlotte, uh, North Carolina area. She is a licensed physical therapist and a mom-focused lifestyle coach. Using her skills as a movement expert, Dr. Folden helps clients recover from orthopedic and neurological injuries at her private practice. And as a women's health and body positive health at every size ambassador, Dr. Folden assists women in seeking a healthier lifestyle and guiding their wellness choices through organization, planning strategies, and holistic goal setting. So she's out here helping busy moms and everyone else find what their top priorities are and find their own personal access to well-being. So join Dr. Lisa and myself for a conversation where we discuss haze, where we discuss what it's like to seek wellness in a place where Wellness can often be expensive and inaccessible and how haze has changed our relationship with our body and may also help you find peace and well-being. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. I am welcoming to the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast today. Dr. Lisa Folden, and I met you, met, and I'm putting that in air quotations, on Instagram because you are one of the only fat-friendly, haze-informed physical therapists and well-being matriarchal mavens, that's what I'm calling you, and right, matriarchal maven, and I said this to you earlier before we were recording, and I think it bears repeating, I wish in my life when I was coming up as a little black girl that I could have had somebody like you in my corner when I was struggling with my my body image as a teenager and as a young adult because the people that I encountered didn't actually help me overcome um, yeah. my hatred of my body. They actually inspired me to find new ways to yeah. damage my body because I, there was like a cultural Yes, yes, definitely. So I thank you for that. Yeah, I am overwhelmed and grateful that you've agreed to be on the podcast and that you're out there forward facing doing this incredible work. I'm just, I'm really grateful for this. And thank you for joining me today. I love that you're forward, you're out there, you're haze, in, haze informed. And if anybody's not um, uh, aware of what haze is, it's health at every size, which is a really important. Um, yes thing to start thinking about and i'm happy to see a general shift in the way that we're looking at our bodies and like i said before i'm grateful to have you in this space because you are going to be so influential for young folks coming up and for new folks coming up and for people of color everywhere because rarely do i see a person of color or a black woman in a position where they can influence the way people feel about their health i'm grateful you're here and i'm a huge mm -hmm. fan of your work Thank you so much for having me, and I feel the exact same way about you. <laughs> no, thank you, thank you. Tell me, how did you get started in this work? Like, what inspired you to be a hazed-informed physical therapist out here sharing? I love all the stuff that you put out. It really gives people time for pause. I really love to share your stuff on my page because I think it makes a difference. Thank you. So I 
I became a physical therapist in 2007, and I was trained just like the rest of us are in the healthcare world over here in the United States. <laughs> so very much not haze informed, um, very much pro diet, very much, um, you know, you're having a lot of joint pain and you're overweight, you should probably lose some weight. So mm -hmm. that is the school of thought that I came from just naturally. Um, but I had the same body struggles uh, that started as early as 11 and all the way up into my 30s. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I honestly, I just became fed up because I knew something was wrong and something just didn't make sense. And so it was a little bit before the pandemic. I uh, stumbled upon Dr. Lindo Bacon and the book Health at Every Size. So it literally started, the, the Health at Every Size movement for me started with the Health at Every Size book. <laughs> um, I knew I was always compassionate with my patients like and my clients and trying to get them to focus on things outside of the scale and to really love and care for themselves. I've always been a big advocate for self-care, but I was still very much wrapped up in diet culture because I was born and bred in it. Yeah. And so when I read that book, my life changed. It was just so eye-opening to, one, understand how the wool had been put over our eyes for, yep. you know, so long. Yep. And then to just really recognize, like, all these health matrix and, and things that we thought were important, like really didn't speak to our actual physical health. So I went down that rabbit hole deep. I did. I read health at every size. I read um, body respect. I read radical belonging. I read intuitive eating. I'm rereading intuitive eating now and getting my certification so that I can actually be an intuitive eating counselor. Um, and it just, it, it, it was a big snowball effect. It was one little thing and then it just kept going and I wanted to learn more and connect more. And now my entire platform is really dedicated to this work because it is as much of a passion for me now as physical therapy is. It's wow. just as important because I've definitely been in a position, I don't know if you saw some of my posts from a week or two ago that was doing like an apology thread because I've definitely been in a position where my status as a healthcare professional I caused harm. Yeah. So instead of helping people who were in larger bodies, I furthered the harm. And so, um, I, I like I said, this just this has become more of the center focus of what I do. And so, yes, it's incorporated into my physical therapy practice, my health coaching, my day to day living, and it has it's made a huge impact on me and then my clients as well, and and hopefully anybody who follows me. So I love that. I had a very similar uh, relationship with the book Health at Every Size. I was moved to tears within the first like 36 pages. And what I love about yes. Health at Every Size is that the evidence that Dr. Lindo Bacon um, shares in her book is peer-reviewed science evidence-based. And this is knowledge, right? This is knowledge that has been around for decades that has kind of been swept mm -hmm. under the rug and that we've really created a lot of harm. And I feel the same way too in my, in my teaching. I always had the same kind of understanding that how is it that I'm in this plus size body? I eat the same as my friends. I move mm. the same way my friends move and my body just shakes down like this. No matter what I do, this is what my body looks like. And it wasn't until I read that book that I stopped the fight with my body that this is what my body does. I'm as mm -hmm. I run, I cycle, I do yoga. Mm -hmm. I started a Pilates journey during the pandemic. Like I do all yes. these things. And yet there's this measurement of my height divided by my weight or some such nonsense <laughs> that determines my health. And it says yeah. that my health is bad when my blood pressure is low and my blood sugar is good and I'm moving and I'm doing all the things that everybody else is doing, but this is what my body looks like. And it was such Absolutely. a relief not to stop fighting with your body. So for those of you who are not familiar with Dr. Lindo Bacon, we will put the link in the show notes. I had yes. a, a moment where I was at um, NEDIC, which here in Canada is the National Eating uh, Disorders Information Center. And they do a oh. big conference every couple of years. And she was a guest speaker. And I was standing in line and I saw that she was sitting having lunch by herself. And like the fangirl that I was, because, you know, that book really did change my life. I, I dropped everything I was carrying and ran over to her and was like, oh, my God. And she was like, whoa, I do that to a lot of people. She's like, whoa, you know, I'm just a regular person and all this kind of stuff. But I just wanted to let her know the impact that her research and like putting this book 
together meant for those of us who struggle to fit into mm-hmm. an idealized sized body that doesn't actually exist. Absolutely. I would have done the same thing. And, and just to clarify, when Dr. Bacon wrote that book, it her pronoun was she and her, and it was Linda Bacon, and, and they are now Dr. Linda Bacon. And so I want to make sure that, you know, we respect her uh, their pronouns now. Yeah. But I would have done the exact same thing because I feel the same way within the first like couple chapters. I was like, oh, yeah. and it was so affirming to know like we're not wrong. There's nothing wrong with us. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it, it moved me, and it made me want to tell so many other people because there's not a day that that I don't engage and interact with someone who is still very much in the diet culture mentality. And my goal isn't to like change everyone's minds, you know. But if I can just introduce them gently yeah. to a different way of thinking. And just get their interest peaked. Like the people around me now, like my husband is listening in, like, hmm, my sister, right. You know, people are now like, huh, and very much open to the thought. So even if I just get you primed, where yeah. the next time you hear about haze or, you know, anything in that anti diet world, you're more attuned to it and you're more interested in learning, then I've done my job. But I, I feel the exact same way. I, just Dr. Bacon has been like a huge part of this journey for me, for sure. Absolutely. And I encourage people to check that book out if you're if you're struggling mm-hmm. with diet culture do you get a lot of pushback from folks like i notice sometimes in the in the social media world when you start putting up you know information i don't know if you saw um our good friend um jessamine stanley was on the front of south magazine uh this mm-hmm. month at the time of this recording she's on the front of south magazine and the amount of pushback she got for showing a different version of what healthy can look like have you experienced mm-hmm. any pushback like that? Absolutely. My pushback is more, it's less about my body per, per se. I guess if you don't know me. I probably would identify as like a, a mid-sized person. Sure. I'm definitely not thin, but I think most people would not categorize me as fat. I have rolls, I have hips, I have cellulite, you know, things jiggle. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody, like everybody. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. And I'm yeah. proud of that. So I don't, I don't get as much pushback and hate on me directly toward my body. But the comp, the statements that I make, oh, I get people, and they're 99% of the time they're trolls because they're right. pages with like no posts, yeah. no picture, like yeah. weird stuff. But yeah. yes, I get tons of pushback. And then I do get some reasonable people that just are confused. Like, what does this mean? I had another uh, physical therapist reach out to me. Uh, she's actually a pelvic health therapist. And she was like, listen, I'm not trying to challenge you, but do you mean everything we've been taught is like wrong? <laughs> and I was like, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Short answer. Yes. yes. And yeah. let me tell you why. And so I, I, I appreciate that those engagements. I'm very happy to have those conversations. Um, but yes, I definitely get push pushback. I definitely get people saying, uh, well, what does that mean? I should just sit around and eat pizza all day? I'm like, no one ever said that. Right? Help <laughs> at every size does not mean lay on the couch and eat from a supine position and, and never, never move your, your body. body. Like, that's literally the opposite of what we're promoting and engaging. So most of the pushback I get is from, I would say, people coming from a more ignorant standpoint, like mm-hmm. not really no. not really giving the movement the thought that it deserves. You yeah. know, it's just like, oh, that just means be lazy and fat. And it's like, okay, you're, you're not really the type of person whose mind I can change or who I can, you know, enlighten with this information. So I'm just going to... And I, you know, listen, I, I have the right. Sometimes I respond. Sometimes I don't. Yeah, it goes back to today I have time and today I don't have time. And sometimes I just don't want to be bothered, right? And just yeah, so sometimes it's just blocked and blessed. Yeah. And blessed. <laughs> I and love that. Sometimes like, yeah, exactly. And it's your page. What people seem to forget is Absolutely. it's not necessarily, it is a public platform. We are on a public mm-hmm. platform. But this is still a private page. And if I don't care for yes. your comments, I don't have to allow them on my page. You are not entitled to my space. You are not entitled to my labor. You are not entitled to my work. I choose to share yes. it here. And if you want to engage with it in a way that's going to be thoughtful, like we don't have to agree um, mm-hmm. to be thoughtful. But if you're going to be trolling, you, but like, is this what you do with your time? Like, really? Could you like redirect your energy into something helpful and useful? Like, is this what you're doing with your time? I feel you on that. Sometimes I have time and other times I'm very fortunate. I have something I call the D squad. Um, And they'll just come in and deal with whoever's 
you know, acting the fool on my page. And I just go, okay, you know what? Today I don't feel like it. I'm gonna leave it alone and see if anybody else like streams it. And more often than not, in another professional who has time will try to yes. enlighten, who try to enlighten people. But what I've come to realize in my own platform and in my own world is that I'm not here to change anybody's mind. Right? I'm not. No, I say that all the time. Right? Absolutely. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I'm gonna present you with the the facts that are based in science that are peer studied, peer reviewed, come from a reputable uh, source. And you can make your yes. own decisions based on that information. And if it doesn't fit with you, great. And keep it pushing, keep it moving. I'm not here to argue with Absolutely. you. I don't have the energy, I don't have the bandwidth. What I'm here to do is help folks who have been struggling their whole lives with body image, mm -hmm. with movement, mm -hmm. with injuries, to find a new kinder way to be in their bodies. And why is that so hard for people to accept? Why? Um, you know what? I, I, I don't typically even give them enough thought, but I recently did think about why. And I think I know why. I think that it, it assaults a part of them yeah. that they, because we, in, in this culture and society, we've turned fitness and yeah. the aesthetic appearance of, of fitness into this moral badge of honor. Yes. And when you tell someone, who, in, in many cases, some people are just born thin, right? And yeah. just kind of yeah. you know, live with those genetics. But there are a lot of people who work really hard to be thin. Yes. And they treat it, you know, like any other job or any other project or any other task. And they throw their soul and their lives into this maintaining of this, you know, this maintenance of this aesthetic. And so when you assault, you assault that, when you say, like, you don't have to look like that to be healthy. And there's nothing wrong with a fat body. And you know, you don't have to be on diets. And it's like, oh, what? you know, they're clenching their pearls. It's yep. like, how dare you? So, so it, it, the reason it turns into these, this trolling and this back and forth and this, this, this anger is because it, it's assaulting a part of their belief system mm -hmm. and their, their moral standards. And, you know, so that makes me understand a little bit more why they you know, will go so hard. But again, sometimes I have time and most of the time I do not. Yeah, <laughs> so, protect your peace. I don't have to engage with you. I actually have a, I saved it from my stories because someone was in my DMs going like crazy a few oh, months back yeah. and putting clown pictures like, how dare you delete my comment instead of talking, apparently you don't want to have an educated discussion. And I was like... Let me just say this. Yeah. I don't have to talk to you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't get this demanding of your time nonsense. I don't get that. I had to, I had to pull the plies. I was like, you want to argue. Yeah. <laughs> I argue with you. I don't have time. I don't have the bandwidth. I'm no not interested. Desire. So, yeah, being very strict about your boundaries with your time and energy mm -hmm. is, is something that, you know, I'm big on with the social media stuff because they will take you down. Like, they will try. Know, they will try. <laughs> they will try to take mm -hmm. me down. It's funny when people, try. when people slide into my DMs because here's what you can do. I don't know if everybody knows this, but you can go into your settings in Instagram and only have people who comment who follow you and who you yes. follow. And that way you get yes. rid of the trolls. And if somebody is going to go to the hard work of following you to troll on mm -hmm. your page, then I will just delete those comments. And what will actually mm -hmm. happen is those people always slide into my DMs say the exact thing that they said to you that they say to me. And I don't, and this is how I respond. This is my, and you feel free to use this if this speaks to you, anybody. Wow. I don't let you comment on my page, but here you are with the audacity to be in my DMs. I don't want to talk to you on my page and I don't want to talk to you in my DMs. Be blocked and be blessed. And then I just, and, and then I just delete them. Like I am not going to argue with you. And I think it's really just attention seeking behavior because if you had it something is. worthwhile going on in your life, you wouldn't be looking to be, uh, you know, coming for me on my page on something that I'm trying to share with the world that is based in making people feel better because dragging yes. people down does what exactly? Nothing. Benefits Nothing to exactly. the world a worse place. <laughs> exactly. And it's, you know, we want to be in here in a place of love. And I really appreciate what you're putting out into the world. So I want to ask you a question. Thank you. What does mm -hmm. intentional well-being mean to you? <sighs> That's a great question, actually. Um, so I, I believe in health and wellness being an individual process. So I don't believe in, like, universal definitions. So when I work with clients um, that I'm health coaching, we talk about like, what is health for you? Like, what does it look like in your life? So mm -hmm. for me, intentional well-being is all about um, 
which is funny because intention is my word for 2020. So it's all about using the resources that you have and, and the knowledge that you have, the things you have access to, to create a lifestyle that serves you. Mm. And so that could be serving your mental health. If that's, you know, going to therapy consistently or maybe having a check-in schedule with your therapist, like monthly or quarterly, um, that can be, you know, managing your physical health. If that's like committing to a certain workout schedule or committing to, you know, making exercise a part of your whatever daily movement, you know, as Mm -hmm. opposed to like a targeted exercise program. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it involves addressing every aspect of your, of your health and wellness. So mental, physical, spiritual, emotional. Mm -hmm. And for me, it looks like, you know, getting up in the morning at a reasonable time, going to bed at a reasonable time. I've been working on that 2022. Um, I've been working on that. Yeah. Um, I, I like to start my day without my phone. So I like to start my Mm -hmm. day with stretching and prayer mm-hmm. and then a short meditation nice. um and then whatever exercise i want to try to squeeze in and it's and sometimes my exercise is 10 or 12 minutes sometimes it's 20 or 30 depending upon how the morning is looking yep. um and how energized i am but it's just about addressing for me it's about being intentional about that alone time first mm-hmm. to get myself together mm-hmm. so that i can be uh, a more patient mother because i have mm-hmm. three little kids and um, and a husband and Sometimes if they wake me up or the day starts when I'm like chasing after them, I'm done for the day. So right. My mental health is fried. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that yeah, for me it's about taking that time for myself early on to to try to hit a few different areas of my health so that the day goes a little smoother and then I can, you know, adjust as needed. You know what I wish everybody had this attitude? You said something that really sparked my interest here. I love that you mentioned checking in with a therapist or taking care of your mental health, because I know here in the Black community that there's a lot of stigma around taking care of your mental health or admitting you have mental health issues or seeking out um, professional care if you need that. And I wish we could get to a point where we're all talking about this uh, more often and that we're all talking about being intentional with our well-being and facing those. Uh, those traumas. I walking the world yeah. as a black person, uh, a person of color, a person in a traditionally excluded, marginalized, underestimated—you know, however you want to frame that or reference that—is hard. And why mm-hmm. would you not seek out tools that can help you navigate this world? I don't understand yeah. our resistance against taking care of our mental health in the black community. Have you found this to be true? Absolutely. Very true. I mean, I didn't grow up with any notion of therapy being a thing. Like I didn't recognize that was an option until I was an adult. And I met a good friend who um, I'm sure several of your listeners are familiar with. She's uh, Nedra Tawab. So she's the boundaries expert. Yes. Um, So she's a good friend of mine. She lives here in Charlotte. And I met her before, you know, uh, she got her, wrote her book and, and people begin to kind of recognize boundaries. But she was teaching me boundaries in our friendship early on, like in our late 20s. Nice. <laughs> so that, that helped me understand some things and helped me really see the value in mental health therapy. Like, I didn't know it was a thing. And, yeah. and growing up Black, especially in the yeah. U.S., yeah. Um, you know, we go to the church for yes, our mental we do that here health too. concerns. Yes. You know? Which, yeah. it may get you so far, but um, I think it's important that we recognize the people who have gone to school and educated themselves and can give you tangible tools outside of prayer, which prayer is obviously wonderful, yes. but additional tools outside of that to manage your mental health. So I, I credit having friendships with, with people who were in that field yeah. to really understand the benefit. And yeah, I've definitely seen a therapist. It's about time for me to check in, actually. Yeah. Um, during this pandemic, I think it became so clear how many of us really need that outlet and that support um, and someone just to talk to us one-on-one so that we can we can work through some things we can say things to people you know someone who doesn't know us as well things we can't say to like our partners or our friends yeah so yeah I, I found it to be a very stigmatizing thing but I do think that the tide is turning and it's getting better and it's it's partially because of social media because yeah. therapists are now on this platform sharing and people are like having these aha moments like wait a minute exactly <laughs> so it's it's really that's definitely been a blessing I'd say of social media and 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 therapists being on there and being present 
You know what? I found my therapist on uh, social media. She's thrived See? with Megan. I know. I found her on there. She was posting a lot of stuff. I slid into her DMs and I'm like, you're probably really busy, but is there any way that I can you know, you speak to her? And the beauty of finding her on uh, Instagram was not only is she black, which is another thing you don't often see, like I don't see a lot of black physiotherapists or wellness and healthcare professionals. It was really wonderful mm -hmm. to have a therapist who is black. And I'm from Barbados. Mm -hmm. My whole history and lineage is from Barbados. My family's from Barbados, emigrated to mm -hmm. Canada, and my parents immigrated to Canada in the 60s, and I was born here. She's actually also from Barbados. So she not only oh, is black, nice. but she gets the culture, right? So that there are yeah. things I can ex that I don't need to explain to her that I might have to explain to a white therapist. And I also find mm -hmm. sometimes um, white therapists aren't necessarily educated in the oppression or are mm -hmm. helping us to sometimes live within oppression, which is not what we want to do. We want to be able to push back against that. So I think it's important to have a therapist that can understand your worldview and give you some mm -hmm. concrete ideas. So I'm grateful for the platform to meet people like you, to meet other therapists. So that's important. So you said going to yeah. therapy, having that check-in point. Your other thing is exercise. And I've been reframing yes. exercise for the last little bit because I find sometimes people are triggered by that, that exercise <laughs> sometimes has a punitive connotation, yes. you know, that we're yes. punishing our bodies with exercise. So I've been calling exercise lately intentional, joyful, mindful movement. So sometimes yes. I say movement is intentional, meaning that I go for a run. I'm maybe not loving this run, but I come mm -hmm. from a family who has heart disease. So I know that this is going to help with that. And when yeah. I'm done running, I'm excited because I finished and it's over and I feel it's good done. and it's done. And then other times I'm on my bike, which is also good for my cardiovascular health. And I'm plugged yes. into my favorite spin instructor and I'm plugged into my favorite playlist and I'm living my best life on my bike. So, and then people constantly ask me, how do you stay consistent? So how do you stay consistent in your joyful, mindful movement? I also love that you said it can be 11 minutes, it can be 12 minutes, it can be 20 minutes, it can be half an hour. It's an all or something mm -hmm. idea, not an all or nothing idea, right? All or nothing. Oh, I love that. All or something. I love it. Yeah. So consistency for me. And I guess I'll start this with a confession by saying I, when I started down the health at every size path and walking away from diets, I did lose my consistency with exercise for a while because mm -hmm. I was struggling to find a way to do it that made me feel good because it right. was always, Unitive. always attached to diet culture. Yes. So it was always about how much you sweat, how long the workout was, how many calories you burned, what you mm -hmm. ate before, what you ate after. And I had to walk away from exercise. I had to walk away from like, you know, targeted, focused exercise and try to find other ways to move that just made me feel good without mm -hmm. any focus on what my body was doing. Right. So I lost that for a minute. Um, what's been keeping me consistent now is that it's, and, and, and to be clear, I've always loved exercise. I've always been into it. That has always been my thing. I was a cross country runner in high school. Oh. I ran a 25K in PT school. So so exercise has always been like a thing for me, but I still know that the root of it, again, came from either maintaining a body or changing mm -hmm. my body. Mm -hmm. So um, being consistent now is more about the feeling. It's like, you know, when I move, I feel less stiff. Yes. And as a physical therapist, what you can't be is over here stiff and hurting yourself when you're trying to help patients. Yes, 100%. <laughs> That's not no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's not helpful to your um, job. Right. So I feel less stiff and I feel more flexible and I feel like I'm setting a really good example for my kids because I work out like in my bedroom on the other side of my bedroom in the morning. So my kids get up and they come in there, they look toward the bed. If I'm not there, they look toward the other side of the room where my mat is mm. and they're like, oh, good morning, mommy. So I feel like I'm setting an example for them and I want them to, you know, view fitness and intentional movement as something, um, you know, important to, to participate in. So, so that keeps me consistent and the, the feeling after, like you said, after when you're done with that run, it's like, yes, it's over. I did it. That keeps me consistent because I like that feeling. Mm -hmm. And for someone who encourages health, I, I don't, because I'm a part of the health at every size movement doesn't mean that I put physical health on the back burner. Like it's right. still very much important. Right. Like we, we value being healthy. Um, in whatever state you can be, because I also recognize, you know, health looks different from yes. person to person. Yes. 
So yeah, so it's, it's more so the feeling behind it now um, that keeps me consistent because I don't track my weight. I don't track my measurements. I don't burn my cat. I don't have a smart watch. I don't have a Fitbit or a, a my fitness app. So it's really just about the feel. It all comes from here. Now right. it's like, that felt good. My body feels good and I want to keep feeling good. So I'll keep doing it. I love that because what I hear you say is an intention has a place in your heart. So it's a heartfelt experience. And I think I wish Mm -hmm. we could shift people's thought process around that because forever fitness has been deeply tied, deeply tied to to, uh, diet culture. And I, when I learned that I could move my body just for the sake of moving my body, mine blown. Mind blown. Like I just was like, what I can just do this because it feels good. And I am um, yeah. I'm I'm a big believer in like little bite-sized fitness snacks or exercise snacks or movement snacks yes. or the gift of 10 minutes. These are all things that I've come across on my path um to figuring out yeah. my body and being in relationship with my body. Is that even if I just get up and you know do a little dance, like I, I have a playlist that I have, I don't want to say her name because then she'll turn on and um, play my playlist. But um, I, I, her. I got one over here you're, too. Exactly, right? And I'll just say, play my favorite playlist. And then I'll just like, behind me is my studio space and I will dance my head off to something I listened to in high school. And the feeling of just being in your body and being in relationship with your body mm-hmm. in a way that feels good is so life-affirming, isn't it? That, it is so amazing. And I have the same, like I'm, I'm the same way dance for me yeah that is one way i know that i can get some exercise through dance because i love it and i'm talking everything line dancing i'm talking whatever shoot, ballet i'm yeah. talking twerking like oh yes <laughs> us from the west indies we are the queen and kings of the twerk yeah. and non-binary royalty of the twerk let me tell you <laughs> i love it yes i absolutely agree and you're right it's so mind-blowing because for so long, we just associated with weight loss and, and, and everything else within, within diet culture. So there, there's a freedom and a beauty that comes from, from exercise and intentional movement that is, it's just unmatched for me. And, and I only experienced that once I shifted my thinking. So. Oh, yeah. Like that was a game changer. I don't mm-hmm. have to move. I get to move. And I also I am very conscious that that's a privilege. I'm very conscious Absolutely. to roll out of my bed and move my body is a privilege. And you as a physiotherapist know that more than anyone because you're seeing people at all stages in their life. You're seeing people with all kinds of abilities going on and trying to find a place where somebody who is practicing in a body with a disability or living with a disability or a physical challenging having them find that place to be joyful in movement must be a challenge. Oh, it's such a challenge. But, you know, like they say, when the road is harder, like getting to that, that mountaintop is like so sweet. It's so beautiful to see it when it happens. But it's, it can be very hard because, you know, we, yes, we have this privilege of, of fully functional limbs, a fully functional mind. You know, we're, we're not living in wheelchairs. We can do so many things. And we can unknowingly be a part of like this ableism, yes. you know, like, oh, yes. we can do this and, and not thinking about, you know, people who have to move in a different way. Yes. And so, yes, my work as a physical therapist, fortunately, keeps me very, very mindful of that. Yes. And so I'm always, I'm between, I have a course that I teach um, called Help Me Find My Healthy. And one of the modules is about exercise modification. Nice. And in, in the module, I give, you know, standard modifications. But I have like a list of additional modifications for people who are in differently able bodies because I see it every day. And yes. I want people to always feel like there is a space for them to be included. There are things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And then there's obviously some things that you can't do, but that doesn't define your worth as a person. Exactly. That doesn't mean that you are less important, that you, you know, should be left by the wayside because there are things you can't participate in. So I try to be very mindful of that. I'm certain I've had missteps, but as a physical therapist and someone who works in that, in that uh, world, it's something that's really, really important to me. So, yeah. Agreed. I know I'm currently teaching a 200 hour teacher training. And one of my students is, uh, uses a chair to get around in the world mm-hmm. and has very limited mobility. Um, and mm-hmm. so I wanted to discuss with her, what are some of the ways that I can help you maybe visualize the pose 
Because one thing about um, yoga teachings is we have a lot of different bodies, right? We have an energetic yes. body, we have a spiritual body, all that. And those bodies are fully intact. Maybe your physical body may not be, may have its challenges, mm -hmm. but your spiritual and your, you know, your energy body is attached. So, yeah, I love that. right? I, I, so you can do those poses perfectly, however perfectly looks like in your mind. And those things are still firing in your body. That's one thing I learned. So that if I yes. think about my deltoid and squeezing my deltoid, those muscle fibers respond to the thought in mm -hmm. my brain. I was like, mind blown. So even, I love it. And that's yeah. so true. And people don't know that. People yeah. don't know that. That's awesome. Right? And I just, I just was like, okay. So even if you have limited movement, thinking or seeing or visualizing yourself in these postures, makes those part of your muscles fire and interact with you. So I just think there's so little that we know about the human body or so many ways that we have been uh, misinformed and misled down a path that is yeah. directly linked to diet culture, that there's all these other ways that we can move our body that aren't only just physical, that are also emotional, that are also spiritual, <laughs> that are, you know, like it just, like, it's so full if we could get out of diet culture for five minutes. 10 minutes <laughs> the rest of our uh, lives just five minutes but yeah if we could live there <laughs> yeah if we could only live outside of that space right yeah absolutely so what is your favorite way to move you said dancing are there other ways that just like speak to your body and your heart Dance is probably my favorite, I must say. I, I just love, I like line dancing or like from, I'm from Detroit. That's our, I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, but I'm born and raised in Detroit. Listen, so yeah, Detroit I, is down the end of my street. Oh my God, I can't, if I walk down the end of my street and look over, I can see Detroit. I feel you. I feel like we're cousins now. We are cousins now. When I was 19, you know how much I frequented camp? I know. Everybody tells me that. Story. That is the truth, though. That is the truth. When I was in university, don't be me. a passport or anything. No, okay? yeah, so, just yeah. your driver's license and off you went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are absolutely because. Um, so yeah, so being from Detroit, we call it hustle. It's not line dancing. That's kind of a everywhere else thing. Yeah, but I hustled my butt off. Okay, I, there's hustle. My cousins and my, you know, like that was our thing. So I just like to move and dance. That's probably my favorite. I used to be a big runner. That was my thing for years. Mm -hmm. And after the first baby, it stopped feeling good. And yeah. That was well before I was, um, you know, under understanding what health at every size looked like or, you know, the anti-diet approach. But I recognize that something I used to love doesn't feel good in my body anymore, no matter how many times I try and yeah. the shoes I wear. Yeah. And so I, I gave up. I gave up running. So I walked away from it. And it was sad because I used yeah, to be yeah, a real emotional thing for me running. Yeah. But um, but dancing is definitely up there. And then if I had to pick a second one, and this is not one that I do often, but I love the idea of like kickboxing, cardio. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I like the, the physicality of it. Yes, yeah. I like punching and yeah. uppercut. Like, I don't know. I'm not really a fighter for real, but I really like it as far as the movement piece of it. I feel good when it's over. I feel like badass, I guess, and strong. And so, yes, I would say fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dance <laughs> yeah that is and then we'll have to create some kind of a new movement modality called dance fighting or fighting dance yes. or something like that where right. those two things are combined <laughs> twerk twerk yeah twerk twerk chop chop twerk twerk chop chop i just think that would be hilarious that would be so much fun i would go to that class i would go to that class Me too. right for real so another question i have for you and this is one i ask a lot because i feel like the wellness industry has really been co-opted and means mm. something that um, requires a lot of money, requires a lot of time, um, has a very white-facing um, kind of outward-facing appeal. Like we see, a, I see yeah. a lot of white women wellness where black folks and folks of color or, uh, you know, queer folks are not included in that space. So what is, for you, what is the difference between well-being? Because I was really intentional with calling this podcast well-being versus the wellness okay. podcast. What yeah. are the what are the two? What's what's the difference between well-being and wellness mm -hmm. to you? Yeah. So I would love if they were the same, but I agree with you. I feel like uh, wellness has been co-opted a bit. I still try to pull it back. You know, right. Exactly. That's our job. We are here for it. <laughs> I'm like, my practice is called healthy fit, physical therapy, and wellness. Because wellness is still very important to me. But yes, it has been sort of pulled away. So I 
differences now is just about the the structure capitalism in some yeah. ways and, mm-hmm. and making money and making things more flashy yeah like trendy yeah it's yeah. like it's like well-being is the 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 heart of it like the feeling good the doing good the you know, feeling good about yourself and others. And it's like all lovey and wonderful. And wellness is like, it's, you know, <laughs> very uh, evil cousin. And right. Who right. Has those things in their heart, right? It's in the bloodline, but very much like, how can we make money off of this? Yeah. What can we sell? What yeah. can we create? How can we, you know, how can we make people want to feel well, but still feel bad about themselves? I was just going to say, just, how can we turn this to make them feel bad? So they'll buy something more, right? Yeah, so it just, it, 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 to me, it's just, it's been eaten up by capitalism. It's uh-huh. like, how can we make this, make more money? So, and that's, you know, with wellness and falling under, like, self-care, it's, you know, not just about feeling good, but how much money can you spend? Right. You, know, you can take yourself on a vacation. It's like, right. yeah, all those things can be lovely forms of self-care, but However. there are many free forms of self-care yeah. that require no money, no resources, no big house. So, um, I just feel like wellness has... Because it's been co-opted, it has become a money-making engine as opposed to, you know, being focused on the actual well-being of mm-hmm. individuals. Mm-hmm. So. I agree. I agree. I think that capitalism has very much co-opted the well-being space and, you know, well, go get a massage or go get a manicure, you know. And I tell people well-being can be, you know, you look around, your kids are occupied. This is what I used to do when my kids were little. I put up the gate so they couldn't escape out of the room and uh we'd be in the family room and i'd put on a movie and i would say to mm-hmm. my little one who was maybe four at the time dylan mm-hmm. was two nathan was four i'd give them both a little snack and i'd say to them mommy's gonna lie down on the couch and watch we're gonna watch a movie together it's gonna be movie time we're gonna watch a movie together mm-hmm. and they would be so enthralled in this movie that they would forget that i was even in the room so i might doze off right so i would doze yeah. off on the couch and i would say to my boys when the movie's over and mommy's asleep, come wake mommy up. And that was, that was yes. my me time. Like I was like, they're fully involved in their show. The two of them are watching it. They've got their little sippy cup and their snack. And now I'm just going to take a minute to just be on the couch and like wind down. And that was the kinds of things mm-hmm. that were self-care for me. Cause you know, when mm-hmm. they're a little like that, you're not sleeping and they're super busy. And my boys were just busy, 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 busy. Like I just remember one time I went out for my girl's 40th birthday party and uh, I had too much to drink and I came <laughs> home and Alan went off to work and I was still mom at 6am. I was just like at the park with like, you know, my big jug of water going, I will never do this again with little never. children. Never do this again with little children. But the good thing was that I could take them to the park, put out a picnic blanket, sit on the blanket, and then watch them run around in the park and go, okay, mom's over here sipping her water. I never did that again. I'm hydrating. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's so real, though. And, and yeah, I have three kids. They are, my son is six, so mm-hmm. I very much busy, busy. Uh, understand when you talk about the busies. Um, and my two daughters are eight and ten. And so... Absolutely. Sometimes my self-care is just sitting back watching them, yeah. just watching them engage because, because one, it's such a, a blessing and a privilege to be able to, to have children, yes. to parent them, to be there for them. Yes. Um, and so as much as, as much as my self-care is, is often, uh, away, from, away them. from them. Yeah, I get it. hundred <laughs> percent. Let's be honest. Some days. Yeah, it's also to be right in their faces and just looking at them grow and, and change. So Self-care does not need to ever be something you spend money on. It can be, and if you have the means, absolutely do it. You can afford a, a weekend trip or a hotel yeah. stay. Do Please it. do it. it as much as I can. Yeah. But finding the joy in the everyday and the little yes. things. Some of my self-care is sitting on my my deck. I just yeah. like looking at the trees and watching birds. And yes. I've gotten older. I turned 40 this year. Oh, oh happy birthday. And Way to go. Yay, you. And I'm like, I went from 40 to 60 because I love to sit on the back porch and get yeah. It's true. It's and, true. And I'm happy drinking my tea, watching yep. Netflix, yep. Um, laughing. It's like yep. those are self-care tactics that you just do, you know, throughout the day. If we're waiting, you know, if, we're, if we buy into this wellness industry, you know, that's been co-opted and we're waiting on that next opportunity to do X, Y, and Z or waiting till I save up some money to go here or go there. 
Like that's a pitiful and sad life because you're always looking for something else. You have to try to find the joy within yourself and the self-care moments and the wellness or well-being in your daily life. So I'm a very big, I have a whole list in my course. I have a whole list of like free or cheap self-care options because we need them. And sometimes you just need someone to remind you. Oh, that is self-care. Oh, that is (laughs) like anything that makes you feel good is self-care. Agreed. Anything that, that spares repeating, anything that makes you feel good is self-care. And that includes, one of my self-care things to do is to enjoy a cupcake. I'm a big fan of carrot cake with the cream Uh, cheese frosting and the carrot on top. Oh, if I get that, I make myself a nice cup of tea. I sit down and I fully enjoy every moment of it without guilt because eating is also self-care eating is nourishing your body and eating what makes you feel good whether it makes you feel good emotionally or physically that is something we can also embrace we got to let go of diet culture that 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 demonize certain foods and this kind of thing because there should not be stress in eating there should not be and that has been one of the most beautiful um realizations since i've joined the health at every size movement is that I can enjoy my food was always like fuel. Yeah. Like we're we're cars. So we fill up on gas, right? So it was either fuel or this tempting, guilty, sinful thing that I'm scarfing down quickly. And and shame. I feel bad about it. Yeah. And shame. And so I enjoy my food. I don't hide my food. I don't, you know, like it's just, this is what I wanted today. I'm ordering lunch because it's Thursday. I treat myself on Thursday. You do it. And I'm like, I love it. I sit here and I just enjoy everybody. <laughs> and that has been beautiful. It has beautiful. been. I, lo- I love that taking away the shame of what we're eating. And the only way that I scarf down or hide food when I'm eating is if I don't want to share it with my boys. Share <laughs> it! Before they see it or they hear the package open and they come from anywhere in the house. Did you open a pack? What, 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 what are you eating? What's that? What's that? And I have teenage boys now, and your day is coming, let me tell you. They still do that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, they do. And it's it's like, and they're like, my son, I'll be literally eating something, and my teenage son will turn to me. As I'm putting it in my mouth, he'll pull the plate out from under me and say, are you still eating that? Are you or or his favorite one? Are you gonna finish that? Like I'll be literally biting into a sandwich. He will literally take it out of my hand and say, "Or oh, are you gonna finish that?" And so I just end up handing it to them, right? Because I think it's kind of oh. funny that they do it. But I, that's, that's why so I hide. Like I close my office door because I want to eat this sandwich without my son like tur- like literally bounces out of nowhere. And it's like, "Are you gonna finish that?" I'm like, I had it in my hand. I was planning on eating it but yes. i guess <laughs> if you want it you're so sweet i'm like no yes I'm finishing it. <laughs> some days or if i get something i'll just make an announcement i'm not sharing this with anybody like if i can i just yes. make an announcement i do that i do that <laughs> this is mine this, this is mine. mine you had yours this is mine <laughs> So how are you teaching your kids to participate in well-being? Because your children are smaller. You can really set the stage for changing the narrative of their life so that they don't have to struggle like we did. Like, how are you sharing that with your youngsters? Oh, I'm trying so hard. But let me just say this. Even being in this space with kids this young, they still live in the world. So she's almost 11. My 11-year-old daughter, almost 11-year-old daughter, is still very much like dealing with the changes in her body and not really liking things. So yeah. I've been frustrated because I'm like, dang it, you would think eating in the space and mm-hmm. sharing and doing, I you're good, but she's not. She's no. not. She needs the same loving and encouragement, you know, that we all need it. So um, what I really try to do, the big thing with them is because they're now noticing people's bodies are different. Right. And so one thing I try to do is normalize that for them. So, you know, I'm not just running around, uh, you know, undressed or anything but i definitely want them to feel comfortable in their skin so yeah. i try to show them that i'm comfortable in my skin nice. yeah, and yeah. um i spend a lot of time really trying to uh encourage them to recognize the differences in bodies and see it as nothing being wrong so someone who's fatter someone who's thinner someone who's bigger smaller larger my son's kind of short for his age right mm-hmm. now so i just try to encourage them to respect body diversity and that's nice. kind of just where we're starting I want them to respect the diversity and not to think there's anything wrong if their body 
don't look like someone else's mm -hmm. or someone they see has a very different looking body than like the norm of what they see. Um, because if they, if they can understand that now they won't turn into this like stigma, like, Oh, she's, she's really, really thin. Oh, she's really, really big. It's no big deal. It's just the way God made each of us. Nice. You know? So that's where we're starting. And then wellness, as far as the well-being, um, you know, I like them to see me moving. So they have their own movement practices. My mm -hmm. kids often come into my room. They're big on yoga, which is funny because I'm not. Right. They come into my room and they, they take the exercise mat and they start doing some stretches and yoga poses. And I'm nice. like, okay. So um, I just encourage them to listen to their bodies, respect everyone's bodies, and then respect their own bodies. I love that. Um, this may have to be edited, but I think my client is here. My time. <laughs> No worries. That is a good place to end our, our chat right now. Uh, this is absolutely real, real life. Lisa, can you tell us where we can find you? I will share all of this in your show notes. And is there anything that you would like to share with our audience right now um, pertaining to what you do? Yes. So I am a physical therapist, like we discussed, but I also offer virtual health coaching. I specialize in helping busy moms find their healthy. So the goal is to uh, help you understand that health doesn't have to look like what it looks like on your neighbor or your mother or your sister or your friend. Um, and we can make wellness and health a part of your everyday life. It doesn't have to be this, this extra thing you carve out a whole another space for um, and buy new clothes for. Like We right. can make health and wellness a part of your everyday being. Um, so that's what I love to do. Um, I do have spots open for, in my uh, Help Me Find My Healthy course right now. Um, you can find me on the internet. I'm at www.healthyfit.com. And fit is actually spelled P-H-I-T. which I love. And I'm on, yes. And then I'm on Instagram at healthyfit, also P-H-I-T. I'm on, like, Facebook and Twitter and all those other sites. I just don't actively go on them. Yeah. If you want to talk to me, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram. And for moms, I don't know how many moms know about this, but the Peanut app, is an amazing space for moms to kind of engage. It's like Clubhouse, but just for moms. And I'm actually on there and I host a bi-weekly oh. pods on different topics related to health and wellness. And I have one coming up tomorrow, actually, at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So find me there, connect with me wherever. I talk to people in my DMs. So, you know, if you want to have a chat or discuss something, please feel free. Thank you so much for being a part of the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast. And I want to thank Dr. Thank Lisa for all the ways that she shows up for our communities. All right, everybody, we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hello, everyone. I just want to thank you so very much for being part of my podcast community here and listening to the people I love to talk to and being part of the world that celebrates diversity, equity, and inclusion here on the Intentional Wellbeing Podcast, where we're going to dive into some deep topics. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go over to Apple Podcasts and rate it, give it a thumbs up, like it, share it, comment. It really helps this podcast out. And I want to platform folks who don't ordinarily get platformed and share the stories of so many of us in the world of wellness and well-being. I want to thank you so much. You can find this podcast anywhere where podcasts are broadcast. And you can always contact me through my Instagram pages at Diane Bondi Yoga Official, or you can shout out to me at Diane at DianeBondiYoga.com. Thanks so much for being part of my community, and I'll catch you next time.